0: I think that's all you're getting of my new season four theme song. I loved it so much before I recorded it. I was singing my theme song, my season four theme song. I was singing it in the car. I was singing it in the kitchen. I was singing it in the shower. And then I recorded it and I heard myself back myself. And I was like, whoa, that's way more cheesy and churchy than I thought it was. It's very cheesy and churchy. And honestly, I don't mind being cheesy and churchy. And I don't mind making a fool of myself. I do it all the time. But I'm thinking about my guests, the people that I interview on the show, can they proudly share their episode with their people If I have this cheesy, churchy theme song tacked on to the front of the episode, I just don't know. I've shared it twice on Patreon for the last two episodes that I posted on Patreon this month, and the enthusiasm just wasn't there. (laughs) I feel like my suspicions are confirmed. Perhaps I just should not play the theme song, or I should create a new theme song. What is your theme song preference? Is cheesy, churchy, highly offensive to your taste? Do you like a theme song? Do you like some silliness? It's never, ever going to be fancy. So if that's your preference, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Thanks for joining me for episode 490. 400. And 9 0 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name. Hippie witch, peace, love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com where you will also find the show notes for this episode which will include a link to the Flourishing Times and the Flourishing Fern and the Farm to Kitchen Collective. Because Brandy McCrill is this month's Patron of the Month and... She's helping me kick off season four here of the podcast with her moon-loving, season-following, foodie goodness. I think you're really going to get a kick out of this interview with Brandy, and she also has a free ebook that I definitely will link to in the show notes because it's all about mushrooms. There are some very inventive mushroom. Recipes in this ebook. I own it myself and it's free. So, speaking of free ebooks, we have the free Hippie Witch ebook, we have Brandy's free Culinary Mushroom ebook, and there will be a link to the Tao of Biz Witchery 13 Ways Your Online Biz is a Spiritual Practice. For those of you who already picked up that free ebook, and have been patiently waiting for my next audio journey, BizWitch 101. Thank you so much for your patience. I appreciate it. I took a pause. I lost my hustle. I've already talked about that, but for those who haven't heard me talk about that, I lost my hustle, and I found my groove. I found my groove in the pandemic, and I really just was finally... Many months into this pandemic, humbled by it, and realized that I had gotten myself back into a cycle that I swore I would never get myself back into again, which is the hustle cycle. And for anybody who has an online biz or who has been listening to people that teach how to have an online biz You may have the impression that I had, and that is that when you do a launch, you must suffer. You must suffer. If you have a team, your entire team must suffer, but no one must suffer as much as you, and that means you're not going to sleep. You're barely going to eat. You're going to work standing up for days on end, but it's all going to be worth it. Because you're going to have this big payday. And then you can rest a minute and then do it all over again. I did that for so long. And I kind of was having this thought like, when does this end? When does this end? I feel like I'm on a treadmill. I make enough money to support myself and my kid. I think that 2020 and the pandemic got me a little freaked out about money, Because it was just so much uncertainty. I was like, are we set for life? Are we set for life? What happens if everything stops? If the economy just stops? I just kind of went a little, like, off the rails in the summertime. And that is what I blame on me falling back into that trap I said I would never fall into again. And spoiler alert, you do not have to suffer to have a successful online biz. Not the kind of successful online biz that I'm interested in anyway. I'm not talking about ruling the world. I'm not talking about managing a big team. I'm not talking about making seven figures a year. I'm talking about making a nice living serving a community, doing what you love. That to me is the epitome of success. And I have found that for myself And I have found a whole new appreciation for that lifestyle, given the fact that here in Los Angeles, we have been in and out of lockdown since March. My son and I have just been on a lockdown since March. We occasionally will go to the grocery store, but mostly I order my groceries online. So for doing something anything outside the house it's typically outside it's outdoors we have been hiking i'm so grateful for my for my little online biz for every patron who supports the podcast for anybody who has ever bought one of my programs or ebooks thank you so much for making this life possible and i'm so grateful for living in los angeles and the fact that we have just had a really mild winter because Oh, it's just so nice to get out of the house, to get out of the house. And we have all these gorgeous hiking trails in every direction. We've been able to do some really amazing things outside because Mother Nature, Mother Nature, Mother Nature. That's kind of what this episode is about, actually. And if you're hearing different levels of sound coming in and out, This is also because of the pandemic. I'm having to get really creative in doing my podcast and showing up on Patreon because I used to have 7 a.m. to 3 to 4 in the afternoon to work on my business five days a week. Now, that is not as many parents, I'm sure, can relate. That is not... My reality, it took me a long time to realize I cannot do my usual, my usual thing. I cannot do my usual thing under these circumstances, much less some big fancy launch, like add that on top of it. My brain just did not compute. I was very hard on myself because I was like, why can't I do what I usually do Why can't I do all the things the way I usually do all the things? And it's because my son is here all the time. I don't want to leave him just sitting alone watching cartoons all day long. He has classes actually on Zoom that I help him manage. So there's that. That buys me a little bit of time. But mostly I've just been navigating around that and sneaking my microphone and my laptop (laughs) around the house and then recording things in little segments. And it's very difficult to make the sound and energy match when, you know, a fourth of it is recorded and then like two days later you record another fourth of it. So that's why it sounds this way, but I'm just proud to get it done. I'm just proud to be getting it done and... So here we are. It's the end of January, 2021. I think that this time of year, every year, is a really interesting time to check in with where you're at with your goals. And this particular year, I've heard from a lot of people who are struggling with depression or feeling really down on themselves because they haven't been able to even begin to start working on the goals that they set for the year or they just already feel like they have failed. I feel like this is kind of common at the end of January. We go into a new year feeling very gung-ho and then you know 30 days into it we're like yeah. It's hard to form new habits. It's hard to rearrange your life around a change that you want to make but This new year, I do think, is different. The entire world has been experiencing a pandemic. I know that it's redundant to say, but it's a global pandemic. And people have been working from home. Some people have been out of work. Some people have lost their loved ones and their friends to this virus. And our kids aren't in school The shops are closed. The movie theaters are closed. There's no rock concerts. There's no My Big Fat Wedding. There's no summer festivals. There's no nothing like that. Nothing. The holidays are canceled. And some people have had it much worse than that. That is what it's been like, I think, for most of us. And some people have been through hell this last year. Some serious loss and some serious challenges. And I think as compassionate people, we can feel that too. Whether we know these people or not, we are aware that they're suffering. And that, I think, weighs heavy on our hearts as people who care. And hopefully as people who do what we can to lend a helping hand. I know you know this. (laughs) We've been living through it together. But I do think that that has kind of become the new normal and that there is a low grade depression, I think, that can hang out under the surface because we still are in uncertainty. We do not know when this will be resolved. And there's been a lot of political infighting that has somehow made it into our everyday conversations with each other, that has driven wedges between friends and family. And I do think that that has a depressing, heavy energy to it, and that it has to go somewhere. Every every cause has an effect, right? What is the effect? What has that effect been on you? And I think if you feel stuck or afraid or unmotivated that it's a good moment to just be really gentle with yourself and realize like, hey, shit is weird. This is not normal. There's a lot to grieve. There's a lot to process. We're still in the middle of it. Typically, you don't fully grieve or process a thing until it is over, and we're still living through it. And life as we know it has changed. So speaking of, you know, I'm going to start a new habit three weeks in, that's really hard. How about the entire world has changed and now I have to adjust to that? That is also hard. So I'm here to say, give yourself a break And also, good news, Imolk is upon us. Imolk is upon us. I think I'm going to do some kind of big major discounty thing for Shadow Love and Queen both. I have been wanting to revive the Queen program, so maybe I'll do a Shadow Queen thing. I'm not sure. Pay attention to the newsletter. I'll let you know over there what what I'm going to do. But I think in February, I want to have like a big like a big sale for shadow love and queen because imulk groundhog day is an amazing time to do some shadow work or to do what i like to call some inner feng shui which is really just shadow work <laughs> it's groundhog day it is the time of the shadow and we can embrace that and that can be a very good thing as the title of this episode says like let the wheel take you if you find that life is starting to feel oppressive or out of control in some way let the wheel take you with it you know like christians often say like jesus take the wheel i'm saying The wheel, take the wheel, (laughs) take the wheel, let the wheel take you with it. And that just means get in touch with nature. I think it's so interesting that we say that because I think not too many generations back, if somebody said that, everybody else would be like, what are you talking about? Because they just lived By nature, what do you mean get in touch with nature? Nature is all around us. We are nature. How did we forget modern technology and progress? It's so amazing in so many ways. But I'm a person who believes that every blessing is a curse. You know, that little yin-yang symbol, like there's a drop of the good and the bad and a drop of the bad and the good. And so the price that we pay for efficiency and convenience in progress is it's really easy to get out of touch with the reality the reality of nature and so I'm getting very preachy I hear it in my voice maybe I should do the season four theme song because it is cheesy and churchy and I clearly am cheesy and churchy You can take the girl out of the church, but you cannot take the church out of the girl or even the witch, no matter how hard you try. All I was trying to say is the wheel of the year can be so healing. It can be so healing and it's something that is available to you at all times. Look at the sky. See what the sky is doing. Check out the animals and the insects and the ground What is nature doing right now and what can that teach you? Not to mention the fact that just getting out into the elements can literally be healing, energizing, regenerative. It's great for you physically, but also psycho-spiritually. Just to check in with the Wheel of the Year every six weeks or so or any time that you feel out of whack, I think it's just awesome to recognize even maybe where you might be at on your own personal inner wheel. Speaking of inner feng shui, you know, if you're in a grieving process, where are you at in the grieving process? Are you in the winter of that? Is it really harsh and cold and lonely and lacking in hope? Or are you in the spring where you're actually starting to feel yourself coming back to life again and maybe blooming a little bit? Maybe you just experienced a big illness. Maybe you yourself got COVID-19 and you're healing from that. Every cycle you can look at like the wheel of the year. So it might be Imulk where you live or it might not. You might be in the Southern Hemisphere, but That might be what's going on on the macro, but in the micro of your life, you actually might be cycling around with an autoimmune condition or some kind of chronic illness or some kind of big loss or win. This is something that I've really had to learn about myself as a late bloomer. I have learned I actually have a hard time processing Gifts, unexpected gifts, unexpected good news, unexpected positive change. I resist it and I kind of procrastinate fully receiving it. It's a very strange thing that I do, but I have found there is a season to the cycles of our lives. So once you're walking the wheel of the year and you understand it as a concept It's literal, right? I mean, we live within nature, so it's literal, but it also can be a concept that can serve you when you are thinking about different cycles. Like, where am I at on this cycle? One of the cycles that Brandy's really interested in, because I'm going to roll into this interview here, (laughs) it's going to be, it's going to be awkward, but we're going to get there. One of the cycles that Brandy is really interested in, as somebody who runs a co-op, she has a co-op called Farm to Kitchen Collective, and then she also, she does these really interesting recipes. She makes up recipes based on what is available seasonally and locally, and she puts all of that up on her blog. And you think, of course, she's witchy, she would follow the seasons, but she's also really interested in the moon cycles and how the moon cycles Impact food and gardening. And so she's created this brand where she weaves that into a recipe that she's talking about or a class that she's teaching. And so I think it's just really exciting when you learn the basics of something that is fundamental and simple, like the wheel of the year, something that you can teach your kids. And then you have this language where you can talk about the phases of the moon or the seasons, and you can apply it to the different cycles that you go through in your own life. This is really common when we're talking about age, right? Like you're in, you're in the fall of your life. You're in the autumn of your life. You're in the winter of your life. If you're lucky, you will get to the winter of your life, right? And that is another beautiful thing I just have to say about the wheel of the year is the promise of regeneration. So even if you're at the end of your life. If you're at the winter of your life, nature promises us a spring. We know it's not a dead end. We know that that's just part of the cycle and I think that that helps us get through it. So speaking of getting through it, I'm going to have the lovely Jennifer Hill on the show for a special shadow worky episode here coming up soon. So There will be more Wheel of the Year talk, but until we get there, let's be here now. Let's be here now with Brandy McCrill of the Flourishing Times. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I know everybody's just going to love you to pieces because I love you to pieces and you're all about the moon and food and following the cycles,
1: making the food. Eating the food, being aligned with the food. Tell us what you do, lady. (laughs) So I'm Brandy McCrill, and I am the owner and product creatrix behind the Flourishing Times and Flourishing Fern Apothecary. I Mm. focus on food, on herbs, and alignment to be able to help people really get in tune, therefore harnessing their personal power. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) It sounds big let's unpack
0: it let's unpack it alignment alignment let's start there
1: so alignment obviously you know just following the cycles of the moon following the cycles of the season really embracing the season embracing the foods that come out of that particular season the herbs that complement and support you during that season and again the alignment part just really staying in sync with mother nature and staying in sync with the seasons hmm So
0: literally being
1: aligned with the
0: earth through your food. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, you think about it. Right now, we have access to food from all over the world. We can go to the grocery store and pretty much get anything that our minds can imagine, right? Well, that's not the reality of the situation. If you really start eating seasonally and locally, I can't get watermelon all year round like I can at the grocery store. I can't get bell peppers all year round like I can at the grocery store. So it's really just a matter of like reconnecting to your roots and using the food that Mother Nature is providing you in your particular area at that particular time.
0: Yeah, local, right? Because right now... My son and I just went on a walk this morning and the bees are out. They have their little pollen pants on. Dandelions are coming out everywhere and it's January. It's January, right? (laughs) So it's going to be really different here than it is going to be somebody that's back in Pennsylvania. Is that why you emphasize local? Yes, a hundred percent.
1: So what I started to to realize, so my husband and I opened a vegetable co-op back in 2015. And we did it for convenience sake. We didn't have anything close by that was a farmer's market or anything in the little suburb where we live in outside of Houston. And the nearest farmer's market was 25 minutes each way. Then we would spend the time to kind of walk around the market and get the things that we need. So we started a little vegetable co-op to be able to offer that to people that are busy professionals or, or busy moms, busy anything, right? Time is kind of our thief. And the vegetable co-op really opened my eyes to the fact that we can only get watermelon once a year here in, in Texas, right? It's gonna be a little bit different up north. Strawberries or something. I always thought of strawberries as like June, right? Summertime here in Houston, we don't we get strawberries in January, February, and then they're usually gone by March. Whereas up north, they're going to end up getting strawberries sometime in like May or June. So every location offers you a different, different needs because you're going to have different needs at different times of the year based upon the weather that's happening around you, just like you mentioned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I was really aware of this back in the day when I used to be into raw food because Mm -hmm. it would be like, Oh, eat this mango and eat this papaya. And and I was like, I feel like perhaps you need to live in the jungle to eat this way. (laughs) It felt like the kind of diet that you would eat in a really warm tropical climate, particularly because they were doing it year-round. And that's what made me really start thinking about local and seasonal. So mm-hmm. basically, you cut out the what amounted to an hour round-trip
1: drive to the farmer's market and created your own? Yes. As a matter of fact, I did. I was one of the first people that was out here in my community that was doing that. I really saw the need for this quickness, right? I didn't want to go to three different booths or four different booths at the farmer's market and shop to get what I needed. So I created a little box that has six to nine different foods, herbs, excuse me, fruits, vegetables, and herbs. And everything comes in one box ready to go. It's 30 bucks. People come, grab their box, go. And then I teach them how to use what... Mother Nature has provided them for that particular week. That's the most important piece because yes. I've participated in CSAs
0: here where you get a box of stuff and it's all very cool, but then you don't know what to do with it. You're like, exactly. what is like, what is this weird root thing? And then it would just end up
1: going bad. Exactly. How do you do that? So I offer different classes. I have a blog, the Flourishing Times blog. Everything has seasonal recipes in there. I teach classes in person. I teach classes on Zoom. I educate. We have a nice Pinterest page where everything is organized by food category. So when somebody comes up and they're like, what on earth do I do with arugula? I provide them with a recipe and then I provide them with multiple different resources as well. That's so cool. So
0: you have like this local biz, but you also now have this global biz where you're taking all of your knowledge online and sharing it with
1: everybody. Yes, absolutely. It's really been exciting
0: hmm. Yeah, I definitely see a whole and I, I tell you this a lot, but a whole like Martha Stewart style empire, but like a witchy Martha Stewart, <laughs> because yeah. you're you're so into the herbs and the moon cycles and all of that.
1: Yeah. And it all it's all connected. And, you know, you and I have discussed this multiple times where, you know, it is a lot, but one piece is dependent on the other. So I just can't see a way. To cut anything out right astrological herbalism is all about plants people and the planets right so that's kind of my food herbs and alignment piece that goes along with it
0: yeah there's something so grounding about connecting to just nature it feels like an anchor kind of in a world that has lost its mind it's gotten very chaotic and crazy and we've been cut off from nature. I think just for convenience sake, it helps us navigate this modern world. And yet I do think people feel that disconnect as a loss.
1: Absolutely. And I think that what happens once they start eating in season, and and it's what happened to me, you start eating in season, you start realizing, hey, In fall, you get squashes and you get these heavy vegetables, that root vegetables that are meant to sustain you and kind of like almost fatten you up and nourish you through the winter months. Then all of a sudden, what happens? Here comes spring. And this is whenever we start getting all of these beautiful leafy vegetables and there are a lot of greens. Well, that's to kind of clear everything out and kind of cleanse our body to get us ready for the current season. Then summer comes along and that's whenever you get your melons and all of the things that are juicy, right? The cucumbers, the tomatoes, and that's to keep us hydrated while it's hot as heck out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the cycle starts all back over again. Yeah. Nature's so wise. (laughs) So wise. I just want to teach people how to get back in sync with that because we've become so disconnected It's almost like we're working against mother nature, but whenever you sink back with mother nature and her cycles, your life begins to flourish in a way that it was meant to. Flourish.
0: It's such a good word. (laughs) Flourishing fern, flourishing times.
1: Why flourish? You know, to be honest with you, the entire concept started around my grandmother and really trying to get her, what she taught me back out into the world and the name fern i don't even i don't even know where the name fern came up but it was kind of like an homage to her and a nod to her her name was gloria but we kind of named her fern and really flourishing i mean that that's what we're all after right like we want to bloom we want to thrive and the flourishing times and the flourishing fern were born out of that deep desire to bloom and reconnect with the natural order of things.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's such a difference between surviving and thriving. And I feel like our quest for convenience, which in some way is a necessity for people that have busy corporate jobs or parents that are, that also are working parents. Like we need the convenience. And at the same time, it's kind of infantilized us. We don't know how to take care of ourselves in the way that our ancestors did our grandmothers our great grandmothers we yeah. don't know I, I mean many of the people listening here do because it's a passion but just in general people don't know how to grow their own food or eat eat from the land and so I think it's a real gift to give that back to people and to frame it as flourishing and thriving
1: yeah yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. It's taken me a long time to get my arms around it because it is such a big concept and such a big piece. But to be able to change someone's life and to see that the light goes off and they start to get it, even if they move to a different state or they're no longer a member of the co-op, the knowledge that I'm able to share with people, just reminding them, hey, it's time to sync up with the seasons. Like Mother Nature's giving you a gift except the gift. What about the cooking? Do you come
0: from a family of cooks? Because you just kind of make things up. You invent recipes.
1: Like why? How? Where does this come from? Okay, so this is something that's really fascinating as well. But yes, my grandmother, Gloria, she was actually a waitress. And then she became a catering manager. So I grew up really sitting in the kitchen with her. She would never let me help. She always let me put ice in the glasses. But that was like the only responsibility that I got. (laughs) But I, I grew up really watching her eat and feed a large family and cook for them. And one of the things that she taught me early on was you can take one bag of potatoes and you can feed a family breakfast, lunch and dinner for an entire week if you have to, right? If you're forced into that. So she was really quite my inspiration for that. I have a ton of her cookbooks, which is so incredibly exciting. She kind of inspired me. But one thing that that I learned in doing the vegetable co-op, and I'd love to share with you, is food is in season and it's a companion to one another, right? Sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts go amazing together. Those are available in the winter, right? Cucumber and tomato, they make a perfect marriage. They're available to you in the summer. So, one of the things that I kind of did whenever I started the co op was acknowledge that. And then I started testing things. And there's a recipe on my blog for a strawberry beet salad. Okay. And let me tell you, I was like, I wonder if strawberries and beets would go together because they're available at the same time. Oh my gosh, they're so complimentary. And that's probably one of the best and most popular recipes that I have. That is
0: so interesting because I never would put those two together. It sounds like a great way to stain your pants, but I, (laughs) I I love, I love the, the childlike imagination and inventiveness and intuitiveness. It just sounds intuitive. You're like, well, these grow in the same season. Perhaps they're complimentary. Let's give it a try.
1: Give it a try. And it has never failed me.
0: (laughs) That is so cool. I love that you trust that
1: instinct and you just follow where it leads. Yeah. You know, I really depend on my instincts a lot. They've gotten me this far. I feel like for a number of years, I kind of squashed that and I would use it, but like almost secretly. Right. And and because I knew things and I could predict things and that, that entire witchy, you know, situation. And I really learned as I'm growing into a wise woman, that that intuition is something to be very proud of because it is an incredible gift. Whether it's food, whether it's a plant, whether it's a person, it's really something I need to trust, you know?
0: I love that you said growing into a wise woman. Growing into a wise woman. It sounds (laughs) like aging is a beautiful, promising growth process. It is, it (laughs) is. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And something about... What did you make? You made, I I have like a vague memory of you talking about some recipe that you made with mushrooms instead of, was it a French onion
1: soup? Oh, you know, I am a mushroom girl. I do have a free mushroom cookbook, which I know that you've seen. And so we have mushroom crab cakes. We have mushroom enchiladas. There is a mushroom French onion soup recipe. There was a mushroom marinated salad, mushroom smothered steak. Was it the mushroom smothered steak? I feel like you kind of went nuts for that one.
0: It was maybe the soup. I don't remember. I remember your enthusiasm because (laughs) this is your personality, which is why I always think of you as a rock star. It's just so unashamed. You're like, I made a thing and it's amazing. (laughs) It's the greatest thing in the world. I promise you, if you you try this, it will change your life. And I was like... (laughs) I love that energy. I think that's so amazing. So that's the piece that stuck with me is just, you were so excited and proud of what you made. And I feel like, damn, like women need to have more of that, regardless of what they're making, whatever they're making. They need more of that, like the thrill of it. Absolutely. And then the passion, you know? Yes. And 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 the unashamedness, like not feeling like you have to be self-depreciating, like, well, I made this thing and it's okay. You might like it or you might, you're not like that at all. You're like, it's amazing. And I made it. Try
1: it. (laughs) Gotta be your biggest fan, your own biggest fan, right? (laughs) Oh, I
0: love it. Well, so many of us are not. I, that I just really appreciate that about your personality. I imagine that's why people gravitate toward your classes
1: and your co-op. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. And kids, that must be why kids
1: love you. Oh my gosh. And they're just kids are just the coolest, right? I mean, they're just the most amazing little people. And it's really funny because I, they're drawn to me and I can teach a child to enjoy and eat a vegetable whenever their mom can't get them to even do it or even budge on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a blessing as well.
0: I know you've taught classes with kids. Is that something that's going to be available online or is that just local?
1: Yeah, that's going to be available online. The idea is, and the reason why I teach children is because the moms are busy, you know, using everything in the kitchen and, and really getting into this local food thing. And then the kids just want Chick-fil-A or nuggets or this and that, right? So if you can inspire them, if you can show them where their food is coming from, then it makes the mom's life a lot easier too, right? So I taught one class during the first round of quarantine and the, this little boy would not eat a single vegetable, but I got in the kitchen with him and his mom through a zoom class and his eating habits slowly started to change. So I thought, okay, I can teach them to make brownies. We put beets in the brownies. Mm. They're delicious. The best mm-hmm. brownies you will ever have. But we kind of sneak vegetables into things And that's where it all came about. And like, they want to learn how to make pasta. They want to learn how to make soup. They want to learn how to make all of these things, but nobody has taken the time to sit down and do it with them. So yes. So the Kids Collective is also available online as well. My cooking classes, I used to do all of my cooking classes in person, but again, when the quarantine happened, I kind of had to shift a little bit and I started teaching people how to cook out of their own pantry, right? You've got rice, you've got this, you've got that. Let's get together and make a soup.
0: It's so interesting because you're teaching people how to connect with nature. And then here we all are (laughs) communicating on these computers. I (laughs) I love that you can empower them, though, to go to their local farmer's market. And even though you're using technology and you're teaching them these things through
1: Zoom, you're connecting them with their land, the land that they live on. Absolutely. And it's so incredibly important. Not only is it good for you to be eating in the season that's surrounding you. There's a reason why certain foods are available during certain times of year, like we talked about. But then also, it just brings a different dynamic whenever you support your local economy. I mean, you know, buying local, eating local, I know it's kind of becoming a trend, and it's a trend I'm very, very, very happy about. Because if you spend your money in your own backyard, you're really going to impact the, the community around you. And these mm-hmm. farmers, they work from sunup till sundown. I mean, seven days a week, they don't get breaks and they don't get the time to be able to take a vacation or to take a Saturday off. They're at markets selling their products. And whenever people start to buy local and really start to support people that are small artisans, it, it's a game changer for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great too that you're teaching kids this too, because... They're gonna be adults. You're raising yeah. up little yep. little people to be humans that can take care of themselves. Absolutely. And, and each other. When you have a different appreciation for nature and land and your community, I just feel like how can it not make you a more compassionate, considerate person? Exactly. Yeah. That is so interesting. And then your alignment is a theme. So you're really into being aligned also with this as above. So below the moon cycles, which is very ancient. I know farmers worked with the phases of the moon for for a very long time. You said they still do. I feel like we had a conversation. I was like, yeah, back in the day they did that.
1: And you're like, they still do. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of what connected me back to the moon. I remember being little and driving through the back roads in Texas, right, and thinking, you know, that the moon was following me. And whenever I got into college, I learned that most children think that the moon follows them, and it's called adolescent egocentrism. So my heart was broken just a little bit there. But I started, whenever we started the co-op, we had a farm visit and the farmer told me, yeah, I garden by the moon. And all of that just kind of came flooding back to me, right? The moon, they garden by the moon, right? There's a certain time of year that you need to, or a certain time of the cycle where you need to start your seeds. There's a certain time where you should plant. There is a certain, there are a few days where if you plant a seed, the seed's going to rot, right? So this is ancient knowledge and information that is still available to us today, but we've just fallen so out of sync with it. In sync. Yes. That's what you're doing.
0: Yes. <laughs> you're helping
1: people to get in sync. Yeah. And I'm just reminding them, you know, this is all intuitive to us, right? This is all deep, deep with, within each and every one of us. But it's a matter of taking that instinct and forming it into an intention. hmm
0: Yes. The remembering. And then sometimes we need a really talented person like Brandy McCrill to teach us (laughs) how to take the mushrooms and
1: turn it into something tasty. Something tasty. Yes. My husband is a big meat eater and he actually eats my, he prefers my mushroom enchiladas over the regular con carne enchiladas. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) That's on your website. That's on the cookbook. That's in the cookbook that is available on the website,
0: yes. Oh, and people need to
1: know it's free.
0: It's free. It's free. So if we we go to the Flourishing Times, we get the free mushroom cookbook? That is correct. Oh, see, that's such a – well, I'm a mushroom person. I just think they're fascinating creatures, not to mention tasty and healing and all the things.
1: Yeah. So I love that that's your free offering. Yeah. So we have a local farmer here and he was at the market one day. It was actually his very first day. He had this little card table set up and I walked over to him. And one of the things that I wasn't able to find were mushrooms, right? And I just had this craving for mushrooms. In Houston, Texas, we kind of go nuts for crawfish during a certain time of year. I don't know if y'all are crawfish people in California. Do you do the
0: crawfish thing? I don't think I've ever seen a crawfish. I've only, it's like something that happens
1: in literature. <laughs> well, we go crazy for them, and mushrooms are fantastic and crawfish boil. Well, after starting the vegetable co op and being dedicated to eating locally, that was something that I missed. So I approached Michael, Michael's got his little card table, and I'm like, what have you got? Where are your mushrooms? And he was like, well, I just don't know if this is going to work. And I'm like, mushrooms will absolutely work. We need mushrooms. So through Michael at Lone Star Mushrooms, I was able to start enjoying lion's mane mushrooms. I was able to enjoy shiitake, trumpets, all of these amazing things that he's growing here locally. And I really got into it and started taking a little bit more of a look on what mushrooms, what they can do for our bodies. I mean, what they can do for Mother Mother Earth. Mushrooms are absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I can get a little evangelical about it. Like, mushrooms will save the planet. (laughs) They will. They're the original internet. That's a post-damage thing. But I just think they're incredible. They're
1: fascinating. Yeah and he i absolutely love him his book mycelium running is something that every person should read yeah mycelium running is awesome
0: and then just in terms of their culinary talents you can pretty much make them into whatever you want them to be like it's a great fake meat for example because they absorb flavor and They're
1: like shapeshifters that way. Oh, I like that. They're shapeshifters. I love that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the cookbook, I go into not only the culinary uses of mushrooms, but also the medicinal uses of mushrooms, a little bit of magic behind the mushrooms. So it's really kind of a comprehensive overall piece. I like it. I think the pictures are pretty. I took the pictures myself. The recipes have been tested multiple times. I never produce a recipe that hasn't been tested at least three times. That's my lucky number, number three. Nice. And, and the recipes on your website are gorgeous too. Thank you. And they're all delicious. That's awesome.
0: Okay. 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 So let's (laughs) remind people, people on the go that that are just listening and don't have a visual here. How, what's the quickest, easiest way to find you
1: online? You can find me on Instagram. If you're an Instagram person, you can find my website. You can find me under farm to kitchen collective and flourishing fern flourishing fern. Yes. Those are my Instagram. And then my website is www.flourishingfern.com. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about the products there. So just go check out her products. I'm a tea lover. And what was happening whenever I started kind of my journey into, you know, away from the food, not necessarily away from the food, but enhancing the food with herbs, I decided to take the herbalist path. And I had all of these herbs that I didn't know what to do with after I had created it. There's only so much that I personally can consume. So I just slap a label on some things here and there seasonally and share it with the world. Yay. And there's like yes. a bug a bug off or something. What is- yes, my bug stuff. So I am highly allergic to mosquitoes. And mosquito season in Houston is literally 11 months of the year. Mm So I got so tired of just slathering myself in chemicals. So I created this little My Bug stuff. It smells great. It's moisturizing. And it's also a repellent. That's awesome. Yay.
0: I was about to wrap this up, but we have to ask the most important question. What is one tip you have
1: for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Oh, goodness. The one tip that I would have is start following the moon. Start living your life like the moon provides. Plan your intentions at the new moon. Release the garbage at the full moon and really just start digging in because the moon will be your best guide.
0: Oh, I love that. Nobody's (laughs) given that answer. Can you believe it? You're the only one to give that answer. Uh, It's true. Follow the moon. Yep. Follow the moon. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That's it, my friends. I hope that was fun for you. I will be back here very soon with a special episode with Jennifer Hill. We're going to be doing like a shadow lovey kind of thing for IMOC. And BizWitch 101 also will be coming soon. I hope all is well in your world. Until we meet again, much love. Peace.